Praise the Lord. What a good God we serve. Amen. I said, what a good God we serve. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. We have, uh, over the last uh, several weeks, have been talking really about the blood of Jesus and what that means. Uh, the whole thing was actually started uh, originally with dealing with uh, positioning ourselves for, for restoration. And of course, one of those things that's pretty key in that, amen, is understanding what the blood of Jesus represents, amen, and what that'll do for you and me to position you for restoration, amen. So with that said, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 13 once again, Hebrews 13, praise the Lord. Did you come to receive today? I said, did you come to receive today? All right. Chapter 13, verse 20, please. It says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, praise God, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, verse 21, hallelujah, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we have uh, been uh, kind of pretty much focusing on that uh, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, amen, He'll make you complete. Now the word complete there in verse 21 means to perfect, uh, to complete thoroughly. Look at your neighbor and say, you could lose a little bit more of that, praise God. That was so weak. <laughs> Somebody said, well, I don't want to be offensive. Believe me, they need work. Look at them again and say, you need a little bit more of this. Amen. Amen. We all need some more work. Come on now. We're not done yet. Amen. We haven't arrived yet. Praise the Lord. So there's this making, of a, making us complete in every good work to do His will. Praise God. But it's through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Praise God. Amen. The Amplified Translation of this verse, uh, verse 21. Let's see if you have that one. I thought you did, maybe. Hallelujah. Do you have that one or not? You do? All right, there it is. All right. Uh, the Amplified, uh, verse 21 says, To strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be, amen, and equip you with everything good that you may carry out His will while He Himself works in you and accomplishes I like that. While he himself, amen, he's equipping you to do that. But while that's all going on, he himself is working in you and accomplishing that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ the Messiah, to whom be glory forever and ever uh, to the ages of the ages. Amen. So be it. Praise you. How many know so be it means amen, or amen means so be it. Amen. Okay, so uh, give me the Passion Translation. This is just all, uh, this is part of that verse here. This is the Passion Translation. Actually, pretty good translation. If you have an opportunity to purchase that, you need to get it. It's a good translation. Uh, it says this, uh, He works perfection, I love this, in every part of you. Amen. Every part of you. Amen. That's why I said, you know, not all of us are done. You might have got some areas working pretty good, but then we got other areas that need a little work yet. We have a tendency sometimes uh, to just focus on, on what's good 
and what's going good in our life and forget about those areas that, uh, that we don't like. Come on, somebody. Come on now. We have a tendency to sweep some of those areas under the rug and we don't want to look at them or deal with them because we might not be happy with the way that area of our life is going. But how many know that's probably what needs to get worked on? I said that's probably what needs to get worked on. Amen. So he works perfection. Remember now, it's through the blood of the everlasting covenant that he works perfection into every part of you, giving you all that you need, I love this, to fulfill your destiny, to fulfill your destiny. That's going to be a pretty key thing as we get into today's message. With that said then, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, doing just some brief review. And then moving into what we have today. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to go to verse 11. <clears throat> and talking about the blood. And last week we talked about the blood covenant. Just to give some insight about the blood covenant. Understand the importance of the blood covenant. Amen. Of course your old covenant being uh, the Abrahamic covenant or the Mosaic covenant. Depending on you know how you want to look at it, it was, a, it was a covenant through Abraham, but, uh, but, but Moses was the one that recorded it all. All right, so the Abrahamic covenant or the Mosaic covenant, praise God, the blood covenant uh, manifested. Uh, we see it in uh, Scripture in uh, Genesis 15. And uh, yeah, the more you understand about the blood covenant, the more you understand about what Jesus did on your behalf concerning blood covenant. Amen. How many know a life, hallelujah, gave his life, Amen. A body uh, bruised and striped. Hallelujah. Blood was shed. There was a death. There was a burial. There was a resurrection. Come on, somebody. There was then the ascension to heaven and the sending of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Hallelujah. To be a helper. Praise God. A whole bunch of stuff happened. And all because of a willingness to enter into a covenant, a blood covenant between the Father and the Son. Amen. And when you receive Jesus as Lord, guess what? You enter into that covenant, praise God. Amen. So anyway, verse 11 of chapter 2 of Ephesians says, Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh. In other words, the word Gentile just means he without God or somebody outside the covenants of God. Uh, the, uh, the, the Jewish uh, race would probably you know, call you a Gentile just because you're outside of the Jewish uh, uh, race. All right, but according to God, amen, you make Jesus Lord of your life, you're no longer a Gentile, amen. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision made in the flesh by hands. Now, we talked a little bit about that last week, but let's go to verse 12 here. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens or non-participants, is all that word alien there means, being a non-participant from the commonwealth of Israel or the, um, you could say, the, um, the benefits of, of Israel. In other words, the, of the society, uh, the, their, uh, uh, their benefits. That's what it's talking about, the commonwealth of Israel. And strangers from the covenants, plural, covenants of promise. Now the word uh, covenants, uh, just best way to define it is testament or will or contract. So what you have in here is, you know, we know of the basic covenant, the old covenant, the new covenant, or Old Testament, New Testament. 
All right, the will and testament of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's actually multiple covenants throughout the scriptures, but the basic covenants that we know of and the basic that were that for the most part affect our lives every day is things dealing with the old and new covenants. All right, so the Abrahamic covenant, amen, and then the covenant, praise God, the new covenant established on better promises. Come on, somebody, amen, a better covenant established on better promise or the new covenant, amen. Uh, but anyway, it says here, praise God. Uh, let's read through it, and then I'll go back to that definition. Uh, so, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now, look at your neighbor and say, we now have hope because we now have God. Look at your neighbor and say, we now have hope because we now have God. You're not, there's no, amen, if you've made Jesus Lord of your life, guess what? You're part of the family. And just, just for the record, we don't get to pick our relatives. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Amen. Hallelujah. And so uh, it's the same in the body of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. People come into the kingdom, and if they come into the kingdom, praise God, uh, they now have hope. Why? Because they have God, and they are now a part of the covenants of promise. Amen. And that's good, that's good news. Now, again, the word covenant, a testament, will, a contract, it means... Uh, but it also uh, refers to uh, a writing that contains uh, agreements and promises made. And so that's what you have here is you have a writing I mean, uh, that contains agreements and promises that have been made. Now, a promise is that which has been declared, all right, that you can uh, base your expectation on. So in other words, God has spoken promises Amen. Spoken agreements and promises, amen, that have been recorded for you and me. Come on now. We see it both in the Old Covenant and New Covenant. Amen. And we can base our expectation or our hope. Amen. So we release faith. Why? Because, amen, we have an expectation that what God had promised, He will also do. Amen. Now, uh, as we brought out last week, um, Abraham uh, had a promise from God, actually multiple promises from God, and he kind of struggled with it a little bit at first, all right? And so uh, God uh, uh, is talking to him, has appeared to him and talking to him, and he begins to ask God, how am I going to know that these things are going to happen? I mean, you're telling me all this, but how am I going to know? So the first thing God did then, amen, told him to go get himself you know, a few animals, you know, explains which ones to get. And then he says, cut, cut them in half. And what Abraham knew exactly what was happening as soon as God told him. He's about ready to walk the blood covenant with me. He split the animals in two. There's blood everywhere. And a little bit uh, through the course of the evening, all of a sudden God comes down. The word is, says he's a fire from the loins up and fire from the loins down. God himself came down and walked the blood walk through the halves of flesh. In fact, one of the definitions of covenant, especially the uh, Hebrew word covenant, means uh, to walk between the pieces of flesh. It means a cut where blood flows and to walk between the pieces of flesh. So a blood covenant. So what God did was walk a blood covenant. So now, according to the new covenant, the word says that Abraham became Fully convinced. 
Well, how did he get from, how am I going to know to being fully convinced? It was a blood covenant. Amen. And that is no different than you and me, than all the promises that God has in his word. How am I going to know? Well, the blood. (laughs) There was a blood covenant. Amen. And Jesus, amen, as our mediator, amen, walked in covenant, amen, with his own blood, come on somebody, with the Father, and everybody that receives him as Lord enters into that covenant. Are you still with me? Now under the old covenant, the sign of, or I should say the seal of the covenant was a circumcision. So a cut where blood flows. That was their part of of the blood uh, as far as their aspect of it or their part uh, to play in that. But under the new covenant, it's just called the new birth. When you receive Christ, amen, you enter into that covenant. Now, the reason that it was the Father and the Son, praise God, because neither one of them are going to mess it up. If that was between you know, God and you, we're probably going to have trouble. Come on, somebody. And, uh, you know, blood covenant ain't something you want to take lightly and it ain't something you want to mess up. Are you still with me? It's a pretty sacred thing. So that's why it was between the Father and the Son. Now, <clears throat> with that said, let's, uh, let's see, where are we at? Verse 12 here. Okay, let's, uh, let's read verse 13 now. Put verse 13. All right. So that was last week's, bunch of that we talked last week. Verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Isn't that kind of wild? You've been brought near. Near to what? Near to the Father. Amen. So at one time you were without God. One time you were beyond the covenants of God. You were an alien or a non-participant of the commonwealth of Israel. You, none, of that, none of that belonged to you. You had no, no connection to any of that. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. I want to talk some about that today. Amen. You've been brought near, praise God. Put, uh, if you will, um, let's see here. Let's do, um, let's go to verse 14. Let's put that up. Verse 14 of that same chapter, if you will. Verse 14, Ephesians 2 and 14. And let's begin to kind of move toward this. What does all this mean? All right. For he himself is our peace, uh, who has made both one, who has broken down the middle wall of separation. Now, talking about Jesus. All right. So Jesus himself is our peace. Remember now, uh, he is the Prince of Peace. Amen. On earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Right. Come on. When Jesus uh, was born. Uh, come on, on earth, amen, now, now I'm not going to do a Christmas message here yet, but on earth, peace, amen, and goodwill toward men. In other words, on earth right now, Mr. Peace is on the planet. Hallelujah. All right? Um, so uh, he is referred to in, in, uh, in uh, Isaiah as the Prince of Peace. In other words, Captain Peace. If you look that word up, you could just say he's Captain Peace. So if he wore a super, super outfit, super suit, it'd probably say, you know, Captain Peace. Come on, somebody. Okay, now what does that mean? Well, it means to restore, to make whole. It means to drive back chaos and to bring divine order. 
All right? And that's exactly what he did. He came to bring divine order, to restore, to make things whole, to make things complete. Amen. Uh, the Hebrew word for peace uh, is shalom. Uh, the, the Greek word for peace is irene. Okay? And so uh, both of them meaning to make whole or complete. Amen. To bring in order, praise God, and to drive out chaos. That's key. Because you ain't going to never have peace unless you drive out chaos. I said you ain't never going to have peace unless you drive out chaos. Because if chaos remains, there's never going to be peace. Think about it. So he comes on the scene to remove anything, amen, that would bring chaos. Amen. Now, so Mr. Peace himself, amen, has come. And one, one of the things that he did, amen, was it says here he made both one, I'm talking about the Jew and the Gentile, all right, and has broken down the wall or the middle wall of separation. In other words, there's now, no, there's no, according to God, there's no separation. Now, there's still the Jew and there's still those outside that, amen, but in God's eyes, if you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the wall's been brought down, amen. Now, not just that wall, all right, there's more. Why? Because peace comes on the scene. Verse 15, please, amen. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity or the war, amen, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Now, the reason that's, uh, that's, reason that's important is, you know, according to the old covenant, amen, it was about laws, rules, and regulations, like a list of do's and don'ts. And this is the only way that you can walk in a place of righteousness or right standing with God. Now, according to the new covenant, praise God, amen, you receive righteousness based on what Jesus did. It's a big difference, amen. It ain't about trying to earn anything with God. Are you still with me? It's about receiving it. The work's been done, all right? The wall's been brought down, amen. Now, verse 16, hallelujah, please. And that he might reconcile them both to God. In other words, hallelujah, restore, amen. Everybody say restore. restore. To reconcile, amen, to restore them both to God in one body through the cross. Thereby putting to death the enmity. All right? In other words, all that struggle, all that warfare, all that fight, that has been brought down. You don't have to try to fight for it anymore. You don't have to try to earn it anymore. It's not about yearly sacrifice to somehow cover your mistakes and your sins. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Now, verse 17, please. And he came and he preached peace to you who are afar off, and to those who were near, verse 18, for through him we both, Jew and Gentile, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. We both have access. Now, best way to bring us out here, I'll just, I think I'm going to do it with a statement. <clears throat> when... Uh, when we've received Christ, um, became born again, a new creation, old things passed away, behold, all things become new. Now, most of the time when we talk about maybe the gift or the gifts that 
He's given us. That because of what Jesus did, one of those things is forgiveness. Work with me here. Forgiveness. Look at your neighbor and say, you've been forgiven. Now, most people don't have a problem with that. They're grateful about that. Now, they may not understand it in its entirety, and they may not be receiving it in its entirety, but most people say, yeah, well, yeah, the blood of Jesus uh, paid a price. I'm, I'm forgiven. My sins are forgiven. Praise God. They're under the blood. Praise the Lord. But not only did you get forgiveness, but you also had redemption. You were purchased with blood. You were bought back, it literally means, to be bought back. The enemy had a holy, but now, guess what? You don't belong to the enemy anymore. When you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, not only were you been forgiven, but you've been bought back. You've been purchased, redeemed. Amen. The enemy has no more hold on you. He has no more rights to you. The only rights that the enemy will have on any believer is the rights that they give up. Whatever you hand over to the enemy is the only thing that he'll have that he can dictate in. Are you hearing me? And it's always through some form of deception. Are you still with me? Now, most people don't even disagree with that. Most people will agree with that, as far as Christians will agree with that. Uh, they may not, again, may not be understanding it in its entirety. They may not be receiving it in its entirety, but most will agree with it. Another thing that happens for you and me is a thing called salvation. Right? Amen. Because of what Jesus did and we receive, except a born again someday, praise God, heaven bound, hallelujah, glory to God, amen, freedom and liberty of life in God. And most people will agree with that. Most may not understand it in its entirety and most may not receive it in its entirety. But for the most part, we kind of get it. For the most part, we agree with it. Are you still with me? So we agree with uh, forgiveness. We agree uh, with redemption and, and salvation. But another gift that we were given and granted is a thing called access. But not enough Christians take advantage of it. Access. Entrance, a way in. The walls that were between Jew and Gentile have been brought down. And what you'll find through uh, this text and other texts is the walls between that at one time became a limitation between God and man are no longer there anymore. That's why he's talking about the ordinances and the laws and all that because you had to, you had to, you know, had to have yearly sacrifices to cover sin. It wouldn't eliminate sin, but it would cover sin. Are you hearing me? And then for a short season, it's like you had, you had, uh, you know, you had like a way in, so to speak. And due to ordinances and, and rules and regulations, you know, it was just a matter of time. I mean, usually you had to sacrifice on Sunday and by Monday you've already blown it. That's how things were under the old covenant. But under the new covenant, it was once for all. There was a sacrifice, bloodshed. There was a death. There was bloodshed. Come on, once for all. 
It's a done deal. Now, one of the main reasons for that is to bring down that wall, that barrier, that limitation that somehow was there between God and man. The Father has been longing to fellowship with you since the beginning. It was designed to be the whole thing that happened with Adam and Eve. I mean, God still looks to, to walk, hallelujah, and to visit and to fellowship, hallelujah, and to commune with you in the cool of the day, every day. He is still looking to do that. But due to sin and all, uh, it, it messed that whole thing up. But Jesus comes along and pays a price that is once for all. See, the blood, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, He now can make you complete. Because the only way you're going to be complete is through access into Him. That's it. I said, that's it. Because if we, we spend no time with the one that can make you complete, it's pretty hard to get you complete. We don't spend time with the one that can empower you, amen, then it's pretty hard to walk life without being, you know, when you're not empowered. Are you still with me? So today I want to talk about this thing called access, amen, about access uh, uh, to Him, praise God. All right, so with that said, I want to uh, uh, give me Romans 5. We'll, do, we'll throw that one in there now, and then we'll come back to Ephesians. All right, Kathy? Okay, so uh, just to kind of give you another verse here or two. Uh, Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, in other words, made right, that word justified is the exact same word as righteous or righteousness or justification. It's all just based on how it's used in a sentence. Uh, but that word just means to be made in right or brought into a place of right standing with. So having been justified or made right. In fact, one guy likes to look at it this way. Justified is, is another way of looking at it is just if I'd never done it. Okay? So having been justified by faith. In other words, you're going to have to believe that. Now we spent, what, a couple weeks just talking about dealing with shame, dealing with condemnation. Dealing with guilt, because that's what the enemy tries to pull on you. And so what happens if you're not, if you're, if you're going to let that kind of thing overpower you, overshadow you, it's hard to move in toward God when you're feeling guilty all the time. So having been justified by faith, I have to believe that I'm made right because of what Jesus did. It ain't based on what I did or what I didn't do. It's based on what Jesus did. And even in my flaws, even in my weakness, I can move toward God, connect with God, and get my answers, get my breakthrough, get my solution, get the wisdom, get understanding, get my healing, get my breakthrough. Amen. I've been justified. Amen. By faith. It says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse 2. Through whom also we have access, everybody say access. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We'll talk more about that here in a little bit. And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, we have access. All right. God is looking to commune with you. I'll try this side. God is looking to commune with you, to fellowship with you. 
Amen. God isn't looking for you to live this life without His help. He's not looking for you to conduct life without His empowerment. He's not looking for you to somehow try to struggle on through things. Amen. God wants to make sure you have all that you need to succeed in life. Amen. So one of the key things that happened through the blood was it gained you access, amen, unto the Father. Regardless of the mistakes made. Again, when we get to talking these things, uh, we're, not, we're not justifying sin. We're not condoning sin. We're not ignoring sin. What we're saying is, listen, there's only one way to get free from sin. And that's to hook up to the one that can set you free from sin. Are you still with me? So Jesus made a way so that even in the midst of your weakness or your struggle, you have a way unto the Father, amen, and as we're going to see here in a minute, you can go unto God with confidence and assurance that He's there for you, praise God, based on what Christ did. So back to Ephesians. This time, uh, Kathy, let's put Ephesians 3. Um, I want to skip down to verse 12, all right? Put that in in the New King James. Verse 12, and we'll back up here in a minute. Just got to kind of roll with me on this. In whom, talking about Jesus, in whom we have boldness. Amen. Have boldness. That literally means uh, a sense of, uh, it talks about like a sense of frankness, but it's talking about having boldness of speech. In other words, you don't have to be reserved and pull back. We have boldness and access with confidence. With confidence. We have access with confidence through faith in Him. We have access with confidence through faith in Him. Give me the amplified version of that. We're going to back up and read a few more verses here, but let's, let's, let's kind of settle this here. This is the amplified version of that verse 12 of Ephesians 3. It says, in whom... Because of our faith in Him, we dare to have the boldness, I love that, courage and confidence of free access. Free access. An unreserved approach. Kind of defines it here a little bit. An unreserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. With freedom and without fear. Most Christians do not approach God because they they struggle with who they are, what they've done, because you know you. And so what happens is we we struggle in moving in toward God because of our flaws, mistakes, whatever. And so we come in there without without this confidence. We, We lack confidence, so we never really move in and get what we need. And so you go on struggling. It's one of the greatest, one of the greatest uh, revelations to get is that at any given time you can go to God. You never run from God. You run to Him. You never run from God. You always run to Him. Well, I, I really blew it. I really blew it. He, you don't think He doesn't know that? And you don't think everybody else around you knows that? But he's not holding that against you. He's saying, run. Run to him. And when you do, praise God, he's there to give answers. 
There is a purpose for access. Amen. Everything you need is in Him. And the blood made a way for you. The blood made a way so you could do it with confidence. So you could do it with assurance. So you could do it with boldness. Amen. You can come with assurance and boldness unto God based on what Jesus did. Well, I don't like what I did. Well, I'm not, that, there's no doubt. It, it, it'll beat you up sometimes if you let the enemy, especially if you let the enemy come in with some shame and guilt and condemnation. I've seen more Christians miss out on what's rightfully theirs because of shame. Because of their past, because of their mistake. Because of something that happened yesterday, yesteryear, or even yesterdecade. I know people that won't move into God because of something that happened to them 10 years ago. Man, you're missing out. Amen. Well, you know, uh, it's like that old statement, you know, I got myself into this and I, somehow I'll get myself. That's, that's really just, that's silliness. Jesus already made a way to get you out. Well, you know, I wouldn't want to impose on him. I'm serious. I hear this stuff. Okay, I'm not. I hear that stuff. Well, you know, I, you know it's, my, it's just my little thing. No, God doesn't see it as a little thing because what you've done now is you're rejecting the work that he's already done. He made a way for you. Amen. You might be amazed at what you get healed from or what you get delivered from by access unto him. Are you still with me? All right. So he, he wants you to, an unreserved approach, amen, to come unto him with freedom and without fear, all right? Praise God. Isn't that good? All right, now we're going to back up in Ephesians 3 here. And what I want to do here, um, what I kind of felt in my heart about this today, this service, um, is in a sense show you what just some we can't there's no way we can exhaust the subject of it by any means in fact everything i'm going to bring up today we probably could do a full sermon on each one of them in some cases a full month on some of them come on somebody and maybe even one of them or so i might even do a full year on but we're just going to kind of show you that there's just things that that are available unto you but if you are struggling with your approach unto god you know, coming unto God, then you miss out on these things. All right? All right, so with that said, Ephesians 3, and let's go to verse, I think verse 8. I'm just going to kind of come in the middle here a little bit, but verse 8 says this, To me, this is Paul talking, to me who am less than the least of all the saints. Of course, he was comparing himself to some of the other uh, men of God there. Uh, he said, This grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Verse 9, to, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery from the beginning of the ages and has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now, everybody say now, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence 
through faith in Him. Amen. So part of what we say is that there's some things here in these few verses prior to that, that there are things that are available, available to you, amen, through this thing called access, all right? So back to verse 8 again. The first one I want to bring out, now, of course, uh, you know, he's talking about grace. I'm going to get on that here in just a bit. Uh, but I want to bring at the end of the verse here, he talks about uh, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, unsearchable uh, doesn't mean you can't find it. It just means immeasurable or limitless or boundless is what that word means. So there is this limitless or boundless, amen, immeasurable riches of Christ. Amen. And what he's trying to bring out is this. And he's talking about this is one of the things that I preach, amen, that he talks and he ministers, amen, unto the Gentiles, amen, is those limitless riches of Christ. In other words, all the things that Christ has done for you, all those things that he has done for all mankind. Now, how many know that's probably a big, that's a big list? And again, one of those things that we, we, can't, we can't go into all by any means, but you just stop and think about all that he's done. The more time you spend, the more time you move into God, the more that those, those limitless riches of Christ become known. Those things, amen, that the Word, those things that you, you, you're reading and meditating on the Word, the more you move into God, the more those things begin uh, to be expounded on. The more those things become alive. The idea is to get a revelation. The idea is not just to get a little bit of head knowledge. The idea is to get a revelation, something revealed. We want the lights to come on. We want the elevator to go all the way to the top. We would like the bats to go out of the belfry. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me? So the more time you spend with God, the more of what Christ has done becomes known. Especially as you take that word and you meditating on that word, and you begin to move into God, you'd be amazed how God will bring something to your attention. You know that thing you read yesterday? Let me explain something about that. Let me show you something. Sometimes just a picture from God, sometimes just a vision, sometimes just a word from God right there will change your life forever. Um, you know, I always share this one because to me it was just a, a huge revelation when I found out I was the righteousness of God. I found out I was in right standing with God based on what Jesus did. Had nothing to do with what Jerry did. Because he'd been in a lot of trouble. Are you hearing me? When I first got saved, I had, I had a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of stuff to be made complete. Come on, somebody. And some of you know exactly, too, in your own lives, all right? Uh, but when I made Jesus the Lord of my life, I still struggled with a lot of different things. I was grateful that uh, for what, uh, you know, I mean, if somebody said, do you love God? I said, well, of course, yeah. Well, do you love the Word? Yeah. Uh, do you, do you, do you, are you grateful for this or that? Yeah, yeah. And then one day I heard the message about that I'm in right standing with God based on what Jesus did. And so, you know, that's a pretty big, that's a big word, righteousness. Justification, righteousness. It's just, you know, for, you know, for a guy like me, that just seemed like a huge word. Who's ever going to learn that word? Right? But then one day, God revealed, amen, I was sitting on a forklift, driving, loading a semi-truck, going out of the truck, going into the racks to grab another 
palette of product, and as I was as I went in, all of a sudden, see, the whole time I'm talking, the whole time I'm communing with God, the whole time I'm just, I'm just, just kind of just talking God, and just, you know, just, just, and all of a sudden I went in, and the Spirit of God showed me something. One split second, one word, and I saw, Amen, what He meant by being the righteousness of God, and I realized I don't have to earn it. I don't have to somehow or another impress God with something. I don't have to somehow or another, I don't have to try to somehow get God to love me more. I realized in that moment that I am in a place of right standing, and all of a sudden, one split second, the guy that went in that row and the guy that came back out that row were two different men. I was already born again. But because of what Jesus did, gains access. Amen. And in that moment, the Spirit of God showed me something about what Christ had done for me. The price was paid, Jerry. It's done. Stop trying to earn it. Stop trying to somehow do enough good to get it. Stop trying to somehow or another, you know, maneuver your life in a way that somehow God's going to love you more. Just receive it. Amen. And now walk in it. And it began a whole process of events in my life. The things that I struggled with prior to that, I wasn't struggling with after that. Because all of a sudden I realized who I am and what I have in Christ. Amen. Now, of course, it's just the continual uh, coming into the, the, the limitless, amen, the limitless riches of Christ. But having access gives you connection to grab hold of the unsearchable riches of Christ. Are you still with me? Up till then, you know, you might get a little head knowledge here and there. And please, I'm telling you, I know a lot of folks that got a bunch of head knowledge. Ain't got none of it working in them. A lot of head knowledge. But, with, without, but once you start getting access, you start, or take it, probably put it this way, once you start taking advantage of your access, you'd be amazed at how much of that starts clicking and starts working. I am telling you, as a pastor, Nearly 30 years, one of, the, one of the biggest, probably limiters in our life is just a lack of time spent with God, period. He, through the blood, made a way and access. We need to take advantage of it. Amen. Stop, uh, you know, trying to do everything in your own strength. All right, let me get, give me verse 9 now. Still with me? And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things. From the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. So he's talking about here the hidden mysteries. Now in context, in this verse, we can go through Scripture and find all kinds of uh, these hidden mysteries that he talks about. But in this verse, he's talking about that, that which is from the beginning of the ages, you know, the uh, hidden in him who created 
all things. So what's happening here, these hidden mysteries here are the mysteries of everything from how the universe works to all his creation, how it works. Come on, somebody. I think about what God can reveal with moments in him, how he can reveal how this functions, how that works, why this, why that, how come this, how come that. You might be amazed at how much stuff you find, come on, in God, hallelujah, that the world struggles. And all of it because you have an entrance or an access with God based on what the blood did. There are things God wants to reveal to you. God wants to show you. Amen. Things that God wants to bring to your attention, show you how this works and how that works. All of, the whole time is revealing what he's done and how he's done it. That's good stuff. You start thinking about, well, where's that going to come in? Well, think about this. You're struggling over that little thing. That little thing. You say, well, that's not, that's not, it don't seem like no little thing to me. I'm telling you, in the light of all he's done, that's a little thing. And you're, you're letting it consume your life. You're letting it consume your day. You're letting it consume your thoughts. You're letting it consume your decisions. If you had an understanding of how big God is and what he's done, you'd look at that thing like, water off a duck's back. God can deal with this. God can fix this. If God could do that, he could do this. Created the ends of the earth, he could do this. I mean, we got, they, they even say that the universe is still forming. The God that did that, come on, through the stars, huh? come on, the God that did all that, create. I mean, if you stop and thought about this for a minute, okay, every, why is every planet round? It's just a thought. And moons that orbit it, and they're all round. Somebody says, well, you know, a big bang, big bang. Have you ever blew up something? None of it comes out round. I just, just a thought I'm having. Just a thought I'm having. I've never seen anything come out round. Are you hearing me? He keeps everything in orbit. Hallelujah. The tides roll in. The tides roll out. Everything functions. There are seasons. Come on, somebody. I'd like this one to be done already. But anyway, the point is, I mean, you start thinking about what all God has done, and, and, and it ain't, none of it was no big deal, really. I mean, as far as he's, it was all easy to do, and then here you got that thing, and it's so huge and so big, and God says, man, if I could cause a moon to orbit, the sun, you know, you know for whatever it's worth, the sun doesn't really come up on the east and go down in the west, right? I mean, everything orbits, rotates, but as far as, most men, you know, we consider it comes up in the east and goes down in the west, and yet it keeps doing it every day. Somehow or another, the planet doesn't fly off. Right? Somehow or another, all them, all they got, they can know down to, down to the second where every planet is going to be, the moon on each planet. Where, I mean, they got, there's so much that they figured out how, and yet how, how can all of that, well, there's only one answer. The creator of the ends of the earth made all that happen and function. And he wants to reveal all of that unto his people. But one of the biggest keys is because of this. It comes down to this. Your thing, even though to you seems huge, to God it isn't. 
And the more you understand that, the more that's revealed, the more you're apt to receive your breakthrough, your answer, your solution. Come on, somebody. And all of it based because of what the blood did for you, gave you an interest. There's no more division. There's no more wall. There's no more limit between you and God. Amen. You have access unto the Father based on what the blood did. Are you still with me? Let's try another verse. Let's do uh, verse 10 here, Ephesians 3. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in, heavenly, in the heavenly places. And, you know, talk about a revealing of, of to the principalities and powers. First, we've got to get it revealed to you. Come on, somebody. Because once you get it alive in you, there ain't no devil in hell can stop you. I said, once you get it alive in you, there ain't no, no devil, no demon, no demonic force, no, no demonic activity that could shut you down when you get a hold of this. Amen. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God. What's another thing you have access to? The manifold wisdom of God. Amen. Wisdom means uh, the application uh, how to live life skillfully. Literally means to apply uh, knowledge and information rightly. So in other words, every day there's information and, and knowledge that's coming from all different directions. Some of it good, some of it not. And what wisdom does, wisdom is there on the scene to walk you through what you receive and what you reject. What you draw from, what you let go of. What you let affect your life and what you don't let affect your life. So God says, come to me and I'll give you that wisdom. So you know how to live life skillfully and succeed. And I get amazed at how many Christians don't go to God. Listen, I'm not trying to condemn. I'm just saying we don't go to God to get the wisdom that we need to live life. We keep making the same old crazy decisions or try to somehow live this life based on faulty information. Wisdom wants to come in on the scene and say, listen, don't give heed to that. Take a hold of this, let go of that. Is anybody, I mean, is it okay to gamble? I know it's a loaded question. I just, I just noticed you, a bunch of like, why? couple of you nodded over your, your spouse and he, did you tell him? No. Huh? You know, we, you know, if I said, you know, I'm going to go, uh, I'm, I'm going down to Vegas uh, next week and I'm just going to blow all my money. But I'm going to have fun. But you know, you, it, the eating's good there. And, and so I could say that and, and, and most of you in the house, I'm pretty sure most of you in the house would go, he's a pastor. Why would he do that? Well, is it good for anybody? Just a thought. It's okay to let any trick question. Is it good really for anybody to do that? No. no. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And yet that's the way we live our life. Rolling dice. Hoping that we make the right decision today. Hoping that somehow or another I won't get hung by this choice or this decision. 
The Spirit of God says you're living life. You're making this way too hard. There's wisdom to help you with this. And time spent with God, you'd be amazed at how many bad decisions will be flushed before you make them. Come on, somebody. And how many good decisions are out there, amen, how many decisions that you didn't even know was available that would have helped your life. Now it says manifold wisdom. The word manifold means multi-sided or variegated, uh, sides, so many-sided. Um, I always, I guess every time I hear that word, because to me I think it's kind of a cool word, a manifold, the manifold wisdom of God, multi-sided, amen. Now, the best, best analogy that I can come up with is uh, out of uh, uh, Revelations when we see uh, you know, uh, the uh, description of the throne of God, everything that's going on, all the different uh, heavenly creatures that are around. It's, it's probably going to be one of those sites that when you first get there, I don't know how it's all going to happen. I don't know. If obviously, we're with Him first, with the Lord, and somehow maybe He eases us into the throne room. I don't know. Because there are, according to book, there's going to be some sites you ain't never saw before. And you're probably going to do this when you first walk in. And for the first hundred years, that's what you'll be doing. So I don't know how it's all going to go down. Anyway, the point is what we do know is there's angels rotating around the throne. And every time they come around... They go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And they go around again, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Come around, holy, holy. Now you'd think after about three or four times, they, you know, enough holy, holy stuff. Let's, let's get to something different. Or somebody watching it might think, yeah, that's getting kind of old watching them go around. But for some reason, it keeps them going and it keeps those there witnessing it going why it's called manifold the manifold presence of god because every time they go around they see another facet of god they didn't see the the, the last time they went around and every time they come around, they see another facet of God. And so they're constantly, every time they come, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to, holy. And everybody's like, holy, holy. Everybody's into it. It is not going to be boring. The manifold wisdom of God. God knows ways to bring that around, to turn that, to do that. And, you know, we make statements like that, and every Christian goes, Amen, brother. Amen. The Lord is amazing. Amen, brother. He is amazing. Amen. But time spent with God, you might be amazed at what God will show you. I think about the creativity just the creativity of God alone. Amen. The unsearchable riches of Christ. 
hallelujah, the hallelujah, the, the uh, you know, that manifold wisdom of God. Amen. Those hallelujah, everything of, of the, the hidden mysteries of, of the ages, all that. And God is so creative in how he did everything. And yet they haven't even tapped anything yet. You know, I make the statement, God knows a thousand ways to turn that. And that's probably a very, you know, God, you know, usually I think, well, you know, I think if, if God would do this, then it would be fixed. Or if God would do this, God says, I ain't even going to use your ideas because I got better ones. Come on, somebody. And he's got a thousand ways he could turn that around, do that thing. Why? Because of the manifold wisdom of God. Have you ever just taken a verse? I mean, I remember, uh, you know, certain verses that, that kind of woke, you know, when I was early on, I thought, wow, what God was showing me. And then, you know, you get older in God and you're a little, you're kind of moving forward and God just shows you a whole nother aspect of it that you never, and then the, you go a little bit further and a whole nother thing and you're thinking, that's just one verse and how many things he showed you just based on one verse. There are things, there are inventions, there are creative ideas that are just laying uh, right there, just at your disposal. If we can just get the body of Christ to access, amen, to go, to commune, and to fellowship. Is it really noon? Put, uh, put Hebrews 4, we'll do that one, close with this verse. And it'll give me something maybe to spin off of. Anybody remember this verse? Okay. Let us therefore come boldly or confidently, right, to the throne of God. So what he's saying is access. This verse is all about access. Okay, come Come boldly. Well, why? Well, so you can obtain some mercy, and then you can find grace, amen, to help in the time of need. So when you come unto Him, you're, in this verse, you're seeing a couple things. You're saying obtaining mercy. Now, tender mercies, compassion. Basically, the best way to say it, mercy is that which you need to walk free from your past. And grace is that which you need to grab hold of your future. Best way to, to define it. Grace meaning uh, a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. That's what it means when you look it up. So it's divine influence. Everybody say divine influence. There is no divine influence unless you spend time with Mr. Divine. So he can influence you, impart into you, so it can now then be reflected in your life. The scriptures are clear. You can come up short of the grace of God. It's clear. So it's not based on God. It's based on us. Grace is always available. But if we don't ever spend time, then we're not being empowered to move forward and take ground. That's why we struggle. 
So this verse, in a nutshell, amen, when we access the Father, what's available is a mercy to take care of this moment back and a grace to take care of this moment forward. Amen. How you can succeed, keep pressing forward and letting go of yesterday. Amen. It works so easy when you spend time with Him. When you spend time with Him, it's easy to let go of yesterday. And it's easier to grab hold of your tomorrows. It's just easier. Instead of struggling with what happened yesterday and worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, as a believer, we access the Father. We don't struggle with yesterday or with tomorrow. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. Amen. I had to at least get to that. And again, both those subjects of mercy and grace are spent a month on each one of those. And I think many of you have heard a mini sermon on both of those. But again, everybody say access. Come boldly. Amen. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. Come. Amen. Approach. Why? Because you need mercy. You know, the word says mercy is new every day. In fact, if I might say, I might even say every morning, but I think it's at least we know it's every day. But, but my thought is this. Well, then go get it. And grace is endless. So my thought is, let's... Go get it. Well, I ain't got time. What do you mean you don't have time? Half your day ends up struggling about yesterday and about tomorrow. Come on, somebody. And if we just spend some time with God, we could let go of yesterday and we can grab hold of our tomorrows. And we can fulfill. Remember, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete. Make you complete. Amen. And as the Passion Translation says, that you can walk out and fulfill your destiny. Well, I think we should be able to do that as a child of God. Somebody says, well, you don't understand, Pastor. My life's over with. No, it ain't over with. You're still breathing. You still have a God that knows, let's put it, a million ways to make that thing work, to turn that thing around, to have that thing happen. To release this, hallelujah, bind that, take this, use that, move this, shift that. I mean, it's like it goes on and on and on and on. And it starts with you, amen, taking advantage of a gift that was given you. And that is access based on what Christ has done. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Watch y'all stand up. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord God, for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And thank you, Lord, that we have access. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Father, thank you for ears that hear, hearts that receive. Open the eyes of our understanding, and we receive, Lord, from you. 
Hallelujah. Insight, revelation, wisdom, hallelujah, understanding, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for all of it, for your mercy, for your grace. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.